Once you find it, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1. I'm going to read 1 through 18. Go ahead and when you find it, join me by standing so we can read it together. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Those when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you <clears throat> and when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites who love who they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others truly i say to you they have received their reward but when you pray go into the room go into your room and shut the door and pray, for the, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask of Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread and forgive us, our, forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, you, you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this word you've given us. Father, thank you because time and time again you remind us of who we should be and how we should be. And, and Father, you remind us of how great you are all the time, Lord. Father, we pray that as we go through this word that you left for us, Lord, that you allow us to understand and you allow us to live this out, Lord. So please, we ask that you soften us, you open our minds, Father, and that the words that I speak may not be minds but yours. In your, prayer, in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> if there's something that most and maybe even all of us love and enjoy is when somebody acknowledges something we do that's good. That one good thing that we do that's awesome, that we did a good deed for somebody, something righteous, something good we do, somebody sees us. And they acknowledge us and say, wow, that's awesome. You're great for doing that. You know, every single one of us, I think, deep down inside, probably feels something extra special 
or a little bit of tingling inside of you or little butterflies or, or this awesome feeling that you were acknowledged that you did something great. Even from young age, we have the tendency to, to want to be acknowledged, to have a need for that acknowledgement. Uh, my son always likes it when we acknowledge the fact that he just picked up all the shoes in the house and put them in the room where they belong. He always seeks. He doesn't stop until we acknowledge the fact that he's picking up the shoes and helping. You know, he continues to seek that out. Look, Mom, look what I'm doing. And he'll continue to pick up while at the same time, hello, look what I'm doing. Until we acknowledge, wow, Adam, thank you. You're so awesome. He looks for that. He seeks for that. But as we grow, we have to start to be careful with those feelings and those needs and those desires because they, not, they may not always be a good thing. Having those desires for acknowledgement of the good things that you do necessarily are not good. Because if we're not careful, what happens is we only start doing good things for the sake of acknowledgement. Everything we do all of a sudden just becomes about us feeling the way we want to feel. And this makes me feel good. So I'm going to do something good because somebody's going to see me and it's going to say, wow, good job. And we're going to feel that way. We're going to get that special feeling. So all of a sudden we start doing just that. Good things for the acknowledgement. And my kids, you know, as, as, as we're kids, we, we don't know any better, right? This is just what we do. We, we're kids. We want our parents to acknowledge us and, and be proud of us. So we just kind of do it. Hey, mom, dad, look what I did. Oh, cool, right? Oh, great job. But as we become adults, we, we should know better. That's not the reason why we do things. But yet sometimes it's so easy to just kind of fall into that trap of constantly looking to be acknowledged for something that you're doing that's good. I mean, if you look around, we're, we're in Christmas season, December. We're going to come into New Year's now where we start making, you know, resolutions. Uh, but even just in this season right now, Christmas season, it's, it's so easy to catch those who are just giving. We're going to give, right? It's a season of giving. Storch sells thousands. This is, this is the biggest, most busiest times, even if, even if through coronavirus, online is the busiest times because we're buying stuff. We're buying stuff, but we're buying stuff to give, right? We, we're not really buying stuff for us. We're buying stuff to give. So we're giving, we're, we're giving out to the poor, we're, we're donating money, we're, we're giving to our families and friends, we're cooking, making big massive dinners, we're doing, we're doing all this, but we're getting to, it's so easy in December to kind of, you know, throughout the year we give, but in December we take it up a notch where we give a lot more, but at the same time, we take more pictures, we record more videos of us giving and how awesome, look at the food that I made for everyone. Look how many gifts I bought for the poor kids. And we post these things online and we start living this out where, where all of a sudden we're buying all these gifts. We're cooking all this food because so we can record it, put it on Facebook, and then have those really awesome messages. It says, wow, you're so good. Your food it looks so awesome. I wish you can cook for me. 
And oh, I wish I was like you where you can give gifts all to all the kids. And, and right? So we kind of, it's so easy now in December to fall into that. So by nature, we, we kind of crave this, 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 this desire to be seen. Uh, and this is exactly what Jesus is going to speak on in this beginning of this chapter. This is exactly what Jesus is touching on. Is that desire that as we do good deeds, we're going to do them correctly or we're going to do them wrong. Are we doing these deeds for us, for that desire to fill in that desire of wanting to be acknowledged and praised because you did something good or is it not and that exactly is what jesus is going to tackle and if you remember we're looking at the sermon on the mount this is where christ points out the attitudes that those who are in the kingdom should have right this is the kingdom driven attitude these are people who are in the kingdom these are people who are who are saved people who are his true disciples these are those attitudes that we live by this is a mirror image of what the kingdom of God is going to look like. In a perfect sense, not in the way that, you know, as much as we try, we don't fully accomplish it. But it's a mirror image of it. Christ goes on to express the many attitudes that start within ourselves, but makes it outwardly into our actions. So this means that we are to live seeking righteousness which includes doing righteous things and righteous acts, right? When we're called to live in righteousness, it starts within, but it comes out, so therefore, we're going to do good deeds. If you're not doing good deeds, if you're not doing good things for other people, you're probably still working or maybe not at all within inside. But it starts within. That's what Christ says. It's in, in first. It starts with your heart. Your heart changes. He changes your heart. He changes your desires. And then that comes out. And as it comes out, and you start to seek righteousness, you start to seek to do good things. Right? You know, Christ himself, he calls us to be salt and light. Right? If you remember, we are to be salt and light of this world. So, yeah, our works don't save us. We're not saved by our works. But our lives are to reflect that righteous work that was done in us. Remember, it's not just inwards. It starts with inwards. The work that he did within, within us, it comes out. And we are to live to be salt and light of this world. This means that if you live long enough after, you know, Christ has come into your heart, there must be an outwardly show of that internal change that you have. So unless Christ came into your heart right now and you died five minutes after or a day after, if you're still alive today and Christ came into your heart a while ago, you should have been seeing some righteous deeds coming from you. You should have by now. I, don't, I could look around and say, well, everyone's here been a believer for a while now. So, you know, I'm confident to say that I've seen all you do good deeds before with my own eyes, so I can say that you guys are doing it. But, you know, someone who's listening to this saying, well, I've been a Christian or I've been a believer for a year, but I've never done anything good. You probably you're not a Christian or a believer yet. But if you have been lifelong enough after Christ has changed your heart, you're going to see those changes 
outwardly. My son, the other day, in the middle of one of those talks about his behavior, because we have a lot of those talks, he seems to like those talks for some reason. He said, you know, he says to me, but, but I believe in God and I love God. Right? Remember, we're talking about his behavior, the way he's acting. And he says, but, but Dad, I, I believe in God. I love God. And I tell him, well, you can't say you love God and you believe in God and continue to behave the way you're behaving because you're being disobedient and God doesn't like kids who are disobedient. <coughs> so if you say you love God, <coughs> excuse me, say you love God, you have to reflect that you do so. The same way we all can say that you love God but live a life of rebellious against God. You can't do that. So if you're saying you love God, your life is going to reflect the fact that you love God. At least if we're talking about the God of the Bible. I know sometimes we have our own definition of who God is, or our own opinion or picture of who God is. Right? We, we, we sometimes do that where we create our own gods where we think we're you know, worshiping the God of the Bible, but we're worshiping a God we made up. But if you are worshiping and you love the God of the Bible, your life is going to reflect so. There has to be a change in the way you live your life. And because of that change draws action, because we have been changing, we, we're now required to, to see some actions in our lives, right? Some good deeds, some good stuff, right? Jesus is going to give us a warning about those actions that we do as changed people. And he says in verse, right off the back, verse 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. In order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. He's saying, be careful to practice your righteousness in front of people for the wrong reason. Right? And this is a big warning. Especially for us, right? It's a warning for them. Huge warning because they were... You know, remember, the, the Pharisees were hanging around, right? We all know the Pharisees were very good at doing outwardly deeds, but they were like dying inside. They were, inside, there was nothing. They were just doing things. And you're going to see how that plays out with, with what Jesus says. But even in our age, where everything literally gets recorded and posted on social media, just so others can see, because remember, we, start, we started off with, hey, you know, Let's share our pictures with our family. Facebook, where we can share pictures with our family long distance. So now sharing all everything we do, even our personal things. And now we're at that point where, where we just, you know, we do something good. We're going to go help that poor man over there across the street. Hey, hey, who, who can record this for me? Record this so I can show it to everybody. That's the kind of age that we, we live in today. And for anyone hearing this and don't quite understand the warning from Jesus, he's saying, do not act righteous for the sake of display or to get others to think that you're something that you are not. When we talk about a lot about the way we live as believers, it's very easy to fall into that cycle of thinking. Wouldn't everyone just be impressed if I can just be righteous, right? We, we, we talk about a lot of, of, 
you know, you're, you're changed, right? You're changed now. Now do this. You know, go, go do something for God. Go, go, go out into the world. Go, go make disciples. Go, go do this. Go, go help in the church. Go feed the homeless. We talk a lot about that, right? Because that's what, you know, that's our outwardly actions of Christ changing us. So, so in that process, we go, well, you know, if I got to do all this, you know, I got to do this, all this. If I'm not doing all this, people are not going to think I'm righteous. And people are not going to think I'm a God, right? So I have to. I have to read the Bible a whole bunch of times. I got to tell everybody, hey, I read the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. You know, we try to paint this picture just so everyone else can see that we are righteous the way we, we want to be, right? So it's, it's hard not to, to do something and be like, hmm, I wonder if, if someone saw what I did and, and now, now they know that I'm a good person, right? It's hard not to think like that. It's, it's, it's normal. It's almost like if I do something good, it's like, hmm, I wonder if that person realizes and is thankful that I did something good for them. Right? It's so easy to fall into that. So basically, Jesus is warning us about creating an image of righteousness. He's warning us about being careful that we're just not painting a picture at the same time, we have to understand that Jesus is not saying that, God forbid, someone sees you doing something good. He's not saying, hey, do everything in secret. Make sure no one sees anything you're doing. That's not what he's saying. Okay? That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying don't ever do anything in good that's in the open, right? Remember, we, we're the light of the world, right? We can't hide our light under the mattress. So therefore, we have to go and people have to see the good we're doing, right? That's why it's so important, this warning. Because, yeah, we're called to go and do good things for people. People are going to see the good things that we're doing. You can't be salt. And you can't be light if your deeds are just internal thoughts and ideas. You can't do that. You can't just keep them to yourself. You know, I have a desire to help the homeless, but I'm just going to keep that in here because I don't want no one to see it because then, you know, I won't get my reward. No, we have to go and, and do something, right? But what he's saying is, although Christians are to be doing righteous work, they must not do good works simply to be seen. That's what he's saying. We must not do our good, righteous deeds just so others can praise us and others can see us. That's not the point of doing what we do. God cares about our good works. He rewards us according to our works. But to be rewarded by God because of the works that we do, we have to check, we have to look at the motive that we're doing these works on. Check, to, check your motive. Check your reason why you did those good deeds. You want to help the homeless. Why did you help the homeless? You must ask yourself, what is the reason behind the good things that I am doing? So now we come to the part of the sermon that Jesus is teaching them to be careful with their, with their motives. And he does this with three illustrations. He he talks about giving to the needy. He talks about praying, and he talks about fasting. These are very common things that us believers should be doing. 
right there in Matthew 6, 2, he starts and he says, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound, no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So as we look at, at the words that Jesus used here, he didn't say, if you give to the needy. He's not saying if you give to the needy. He said, when you give to the needy. So it's giving to the needy is not an option for us believers. It's something that God is expecting from us who call themselves disciples of Christ. So when you give to the needy, don't do it like the hypocrites do. Now, there's a couple of different views on, on what the hypocrites were doing that led Jesus to, to use these specific illustrations. Some historians say that during the time, people would blow horns, right? They would make noise to draw the attention of those who are around so they can show them, I'm about to do something good. Like, hey, make noise. I'm going to blow a trumpet. Everybody's looking? All right. Now that I got your attention... Check out this cool thing I'm going to do for this homeless guy or for this poor person. That's what they were doing. That's what some historian says they would do. Some say that they would, <coughs> excuse me. Some say that when Jesus had this in mind, he, he was talking about the gifts given during the feast time, which were signaled by a blasted trumpet. So they would blast some trumpet and people would give gifts. But whatever the case was, Jesus is referring to the way that we draw attention whenever we're going to do something for the needy. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about we're, we're calling, we're signaling, we're making noise, we're, we're doing whatever we can. We're, we're posting something on Facebook that says, hey, I'm going to go help the homeless next week. Please stay tuned. Drawing attention so people can see what you're doing. So Jesus is actually calling out those who only give for the attention and the, for recognition. Jesus could be talking about us. He could literally be talking about every single one of us or one of us. He could because maybe we are still struggling with that. That every time we do something, we do it for the praise or, or for the recognition. Or maybe he's talking about that friend we probably all have that as soon as he's going to go do something pulls out that camera and takes a selfie of him giving to his friends. We may all have some, I know I do, that are very easy, very fast to pulling out that camera and taking pictures or videos. This is that friend that, you know, every single time he goes and does something for the poor or for the homeless, you know, he purposely records it so he can show off how cool he is. Right? I don't know if you all have any friends like that. Right? Whether he's paying for the groceries or, or, or giving food or, or doing whatever he's doing, he's, he's, he's going to record it. He's going to let everyone know. He's going to show it to everyone what he's doing. The people that act this way, Jesus says they're called hypocrites. These are the hypocrites. This is what Jesus says. Don't be like them. He's saying don't be like those people. In older Greeks, the hypocrites were actors. Later on, it became known as 
someone who plays roles, right? Same thing. Today we know him as fake. As fake. Right? And you can tell who these people are because their hearts are, are, are going to truly reflect who they really are, right? These are the guys that, that are, these are the friends and, that we have or the people that we know that, you know, they're so quick to go out of the way to do something for someone. Oh, they are. You're going to be like, wow. You know, if you didn't know them any better, you don't want to be like them. Because they will go out of the way, right? They will record it, they will post it. But the same way they do that, they're going to go out of the way to offend somebody else. So I've seen them. Oh, they're so, they're so giving. But man, they're so hateful. You're going to see that. You're going to see those hypocrites. For Christ calls us to be different. And Jesus says, when you give to the needy, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So in other words, keep the things so secret that even you yourself don't realize that you're doing something good. To a point where, where you don't even realize that you're, you're doing it's, it's a good deed. Keep it a secret. You're not saying don't let no one see it. It just says it's so natural to you to give that you're not doing it for the sake of you knowing that you're giving so you can seek that feeling that you're missing. You do it because of what you're doing and who you're doing it for. We got to remember that the sole purpose of everything that we do is for God to be glorified. Everything we do, every good gift, every good deed, everything that we do in this world, when we go to work, when we are home, when we say everything is to glorify God. Everything. So that includes the fact that when we give something to the needy, whether it's money, your time, food, whatever it is, we do it to glorify God. We don't do it for us. We don't do it for us to get any uh, glorification or, or, or anything in particular. So the attention needs to be drawn away from us. And the attention needs to be placed on God. That's why we don't call out and make noises so people can see what we're about to do. Because what we're about to do is for Christ, not for us. Like John the Baptist would say, right? He must increase, but I must decrease. Everything we do must all of a sudden be taken down. We don't do it for anyone. We don't do it for the sake of recognition. We do it for Christ. He's the one that's lifted. Now, if someone finds out you did, right, someone sees that you're doing a good deed, Jesus is not saying you're going to lose your reward. He's not saying, oh, they caught you. Oh, you lost whatever you were going to get. That's not what he's saying. Remember, it's, what matters is the motive that you're doing. Because you could have given something to the needy and no one would have found out. Absolutely no one. But still would have done it with the wrong motives. You still lost your reward. You could have actually given to the needy all your bank account, everything you had in your bank account, and no one would have noticed, but you still did it for selfish reasons, you still lost your reward because it's about the motive that you're doing it. But your reward will remain even if it's known by everyone. If everyone knows what you did, 
because they found out. That's fine, because it's about the motive that you did it. Why you did it. Now, this reward may be given to us by God during this lifetime, right? So he's going to reward you. So we may see some rewards, right? We've been blessed with many things, right? We, I know people are that, that are love Christ, love God, and, and they give and they help. And God is continuing to bless them over and over again, of course, so they can continue to give and help. But he blesses here. And yes, he does. But it can also be a reward in 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 your eternal life. You're like, look, I'm not going to reward you right now, but you're going to get your reward after this life. But either way, if you're giving for self-pleasure to get your applause, to get your 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 satisfaction filled, you if that's the reason why you're doing it, you're going to get your reward. People are going to applaud you. People are going to recognize you. People are going to praise you. But that's it. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to get that true and that great reward that comes from God himself. That's an even bigger reward than you can ever find here. You've got to remember something, right? Because it's, it's very hard to forget because we like to say, oh, it's not fair. Adam says that all the time. It's not fair. Like, what's not fair? It's not fair. Because we think, oh, you know, I did so many great things, right? And you can say, well, I didn't do it for myself. Remember that God knows everything. Nothing is hidden from God. He knows the motives behind everything. So whatever your reward is, that's the perfect reward. That's the righteous reward. So if it's the applause that you got, and you say, well, I didn't do it for the applause. If that's the only thing you got, trust me, you did it for the applause. Because God will make mistakes. So the rewards are righteous rewards. Now he continues, look at verse 5. He says, when you pray, you must, not, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, and they be, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. So when I read this, I can't help to remember the parable of the Pharisees and the tax collector. I don't know if you read that parable before, right? They both went in to pray. To the synagogue, they both went to pray to the church building, right? One of them prayed in front of everyone. He stood up and he prayed how asked he was so everyone can hear him. I am good. I am not like the tax collector, right? Everyone heard his prayer. He wanted everyone to see him pray and how awesome he is. The other one prayed in a distance, humbling himself, knowing how broken and undeserving he is. He went to a corner, hid himself, and prayed. What did Jesus say? He said, that one that was humble, he was justified. He got his reward. His reward was justification. That was his reward. He was the one that just was justified because he humbled himself. See, there's a problem with the people during that time. They, they would sometimes go out of their way to find themselves in a place where they would be able to be seen by those people. 
when they pray. Like they would literally be like, okay, at 4 o'clock it's time to pray. I'm going to walk very slowly. So when 4 o'clock hits, I'm in the middle of the crowd. Everyone's we're praying time. It's 4 o'clock. I'm in the middle of thousands of people. I'm going to pray here because that's, that's where I want to pray. And they're going to see me. They would purposely do that. They would purposely go to the synagogues and hope that they will be called on so they can get up there and have this massive, awesome prayer. They will purposely do that. These people were praying not to be heard by God, but they were praying to be seen by God. I mean, by men, sorry. They, they were praying for specifically for men to see what they were going to say, or they were, how they were going to pray, and so they can think how awesome this guy is. It's a problem nowadays. I don't know if you've ever been in a room with a meeting with a bunch of, you know, Christians, right? And you have that one that's eager to pray. I want to pray. I hope they choose me to pray. Oh, and then you they get chosen to pray. Now they go into this huge, massive prayer. They start saying all these fancy things that I have to sometimes write it down and go home and back and be like, okay, so he said this. What does this mean? Google, what does this word mean? I have no idea what they say. And then they start prophesizing. And they start making proclamations. And they start saying all this. And, and, and you're like, wow. These people are using God as a tool to impress others. Jesus called them hypocrites. And yeah, they're going to get the attention. Yeah, you got me saying, whoa, I wish I can speak words like that. You know, and, and I know I say that a lot because my vocabulary is short, but no, really, the Bible, you know, read it. He just said it. They're going to get their reward. People are going to be impressed. People are going to be like, whoa, he just prophesied. Let me make, write this down. And, and if it does come true, oh, this guy is going to be awesome. They're going to get their reward. They're going to get their attention. They're going to get the admiration that they're looking for. But that's it. That's all they're going to get. That's their reward. This is not how our prayer life should be. Jesus says, don't be like those people who are seeking public prayer opportunities just to show off. Again, he's not saying don't pray in public. He's not saying, hey, don't pray for each other. Right? It's like, and what do we pray here for? Right, we're praying in public, right? That's not saying, hey, if you get called on in church to pray, don't. Don't pray. Tell them, no, you don't pray in public. <laughs> I mean, you don't reject someone's prayer. You know, I've had people come up to me, random people, hey, can you just pray for me? Of course. I'm not going to say no. What's your name? I'll pray in private. No, we don't do that. That's not what Jesus is saying. But when we pray, we should be seeking to meet with God in, a, in, in prayer in our private room. In a place where, where we can generally and privately come to Christ. We shouldn't be seeking to pray in places for the public so they can admire us. That's not what we, our goal is. That's not what I come out of the door and be like, okay, where can I pray in public today? Our seek, we should be seeking to pray 
privately with Christ. We should be eager to go home. I want to go home and pray. I want to go home and be God. Whatever that room is, it could be your car. I want to go, man, I'm at, I'm at work. Man, I want to pray. Let me go. Let me go to my car. Let me pray. Let me be with God. It's not like, oh, I'm at work. I want to pray. Let me go in the middle of that meeting. I'm like, guys, please stop. Let me pray. I want to pray for all of you. Listen to me. Okay? We have to be careful. You know, at the end of it all, whether we're called to pray for someone in public or, or we're praying in private in our prayers, we should be directing our prayers directly to God. Our prayers is to God, not to men. We don't pray to men. We don't pray for men can see us. We pray for God. See, in the parable of the Pharisees and the tax collectors, Jesus was clear. It says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. But those who are humble will be exalted. And Jesus is saying the same exact thing here. Those who are humble and pray in secret will be rewarded by God himself. Your chapter 16. Jesus says, well, those who are disciples, you know, they give. They pray, but they also fast. But even when we're fasting, we must do this perfectly. Sorry, not perfectly, properly. Look at verse 16 where it says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. For those who have ever gone through, through a time of fasting, they know how difficult this is, right? It's difficult to fast. It's not easy to fast. Especially the type of fasting that they would do in biblical times. We look at, you know, how Jesus fasted, right? We look how David fasted, right? This, this, this is not easy, right? This is not. You know, we look at our lives right now, it's, Everything that's going on, everything we have to do, we got to cook. We got to take the kids to school. We got to pick them up. We got to work. We got to clean. We got to do this. We got to do that. It's constantly something we're doing. So it's hard to fast like that. It's hard to just fast for a week long, you know, just praying. It's hard. It's not easy. That's why it's not common for us to fast the way they did. So for someone to do so, it is a great accomplishment. You know, when I see those people able to fast that way, I admire those people. I go, wow. I mean, I wish. Man, if I can only fast the way you can fast. I mean, if I can just figure out how to, you know, put all those distractions away and fast for two, three days straight. That's an accomplishment. But we have to be careful because in the process of this great accomplishment, it's easy to find a reason or need to let others know, look how cool I am because I can accomplish this. So then what happens is that we take something that's good 
something, something God has given us, and we corrupt it. Something that God gave us for good, and we, we, rather than elevating who God is, we elevate ourselves. And we have this tendency as human to, to take good things and, and kind of abuse of them until, you know, until they become something bad. You know, something good, we, 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 we can easily turn it into something bad. I mean, look at work. Work is good. We're called to work. Never say work is bad or be lazy, don't work. No, we're called to work. We were gonna if if for, for any reason God's plan was never for for Adam and Eve to sin and it was always gonna be perfect. Adam and Eve were working before they sinned. So work is gonna be there and work is gonna be after. And heaven it's on earth and everything's perfect, we're still gonna work. We ain't gonna be watching TV lying down all day. No, we're gonna work. So work is good. But then what we do, we just work all the time. We don't stop working. So we took something good and just took it to an extreme where it becomes something bad. We just don't stop. Our health takes a beating. Our family takes a beating. All we do is work, work, work. Or, or for example, we, we dress really nice in church, right? We wear the best thing we have in our closet. We wear our, our best to church. But then what happens? We start a competition of who dressed nicer on Sunday. Oh, he dressed that. I mean, it was hard to beat last week's uh, Alex's. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that nice clothes. But imagine if I were like, oh, he wore that. Hmm. Tie, suit. I got to go spend $300 on tie and suit now to look better than Alex. Imagine that. But we do that. But we do that. And I'm not saying I'm not saying anything bad about how I like stress or anything like that. Or anyone. I don't see that I don't see that problem here. But we do that. We do I've seen it with my own eyes. Where all of a sudden we're talking about look what she dressed. I could dress better than that. Right? We become that. So Jesus says, when you fast, don't be like those hypocrites because they will have a sad face and they will disfigure their faces so the agony of fasting will be evident by everyone. These people will, will let their beard grow in and they will not comb their hair and they will walk out. I've been fasting all week. So people will be like, wow, man, you've been fasting all week. I can see you're taking a beating. Wow, that's awesome. Don't be like them because that admiration they receive, that exactly is what the reward is and that's it. That's the reward. So what do we do? We're fasting. We're weak into this. We are broken because we are hungry and we just destroyed. Take a shower. Come your hair. Put on clothes on. Put perfume on. Don't do anything different. Just look like a normal person. Fasting must not take center stage. It must stay a secret between you and God. 
That's not to say, hey, I'm going to fast. Hey, Andrew, I'm going to fast with you all beginning of the year. Awesome. You should have not told me that. No, it's okay. But don't just disfigure yourself so people can see that you're there, that you're fasting, how awesome you are. You know, there's nothing more troublesome than someone who, who is an over-righteous person, right? We, we, we may know one or two people in our, in our lives that are, they think they're, they're better than everyone, right? Someone who is always looking to be seen by others, to be praised. You know, someone who wants to be the center stage of everything, right? In Luke 14, Jesus gives us a parable of a man and a wedding feast. He says, when you're going to a wedding feast, don't sit yourself in the place of honor, because if you do, someone more important is going to come and you're going to be taken out and then you're going to be ashamed. Because you thought you were awesome, but you're not. But he says, sit at the lowest place. Because when they call you to sit higher, then you're going to be honored. You're going to humble yourself and when somebody calls you, you're going to be like, no, this guy is amazing, come here. You're going to be honored. Jesus says, humble yourself because when he rewards you, it's going to be better reward than any reward that this world would ever give you. And since, since Jesus' sermon is directed to his disciples, there's nothing more opposite of a disciple than someone who is constantly exalting themselves. That is no true disciple of Christ. There has been never as ever been a disciple of Christ who purposely put themselves over God. Purposely put themselves over God. Never. True disciple of Christ will never. I mean, we can say, we cannot even say that about Christ himself. I mean, Jesus, you know, Jesus had full rights to lift himself up above all nations physically while he was here. He had full rights. He is God. But he didn't. He humbled himself. See, God brought himself down to our level. He became man broken like us. Well, not broken. He was perfect. But he became into this world where he was broken. He became a servant. And he didn't draw people to himself to show off how cool he is. Look at my powers. He drew people to him to save them. He didn't draw people to show off. He drew people to him to save them. And just because we, we are drawn to him and we're saved by him doesn't mean we are people who deserve to be praised. reality, when you look at what Jesus did, it just shows how bad we really are. Because it took Jesus, it took God to come down from his throne to live in this world, to be born into this world, to die in this world, to be crucified just to save us. That's how bad we are. That's what he took. So there's nothing to be praised about us. So when Christ comes into our heart and, 
and you start to walk in the will of God and, and, and you start to live this holy life, you have to be careful. That's the point. Be careful. Because remember, just because we have been transformed doesn't mean that there will be an absence of sin. Just because Christ saved us doesn't mean sin is completely disappeared. And we will never, ever be tempted. And we will never, ever sin again. Sin is still going to be hanging around, picking at us. It's still going to be in our minds. It's still going to be there. Even more stronger than, than before. And it's so easy to think that we deserve honor and glory and, and, and forget that the glory belongs to God and not us. So we have to humble ourselves. We, we can't let that righteousness, your righteousness, the, the one that Christ has given you, we can't let that overshadow the one who made you righteous to begin with. We can't put this on us. We're, this is not about us. Our deeds is not about us, about how good we are about how righteous we are. It's about who Christ is. So guard your heart and know that God is your heavenly Father. And whatever we do, whether it's to give to the needy, or it's to pray, or it's to fast, whatever it is that we're called to do, whatever it is that we're doing at the moment, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, we have to do it with a servant's heart. Because we're no greater than anyone. We are all servants. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library of sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. So when we do something, we do it with a servant's heart.